This week's Parsha is beginning a new Sefer, Parsha's Bamidbar. We also have coming within the week the uh, festival of Shavuot, Shavuos. See, we can uh, draw some correlation, make some connection uh, between them. Um, how do I do this? Let's see. <laughs> how do I get them on? Sorry. View and admit. Okay. All right. I think they should be on. Anyway, so we have uh, the beginning of a new safer, as well as the upcoming festival. Now, we need to know that you can find similar occurrences or the same occurrence repeated three or four times in the Torah, but you'll find them in different Sfarim. Now, that's not coincidental. That, the morale explains, is each Sefer has a theme. So when that story is repeated in a different Sefer, it means that we need to look at it from a different perspective. And so we have something that we're going to see. I'm not going to try and explain every time the story apply, is, is there and uh, why it is specifically. But I want to know in this week's Parsha, why are we repeating the death of Nadav and Avihu? And I want to go through the Psukim and you guys are going to pick up on something. There's a nuance, something new that is recorded in the death of, the, of Nadav and Avihu which is not, is not mentioned in the previous psukim that, that are mentioned. Alright? So let's, let's take a look over here, uh, at, at the, at the psukim. I believe it's on the screen share, right? It's there. Okay. So, the first time we are introduced to the death of the sons of Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, just let's set up the remember, was the inauguration of the, of the Mishkan, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, happiest day since creation, and this terrible tragedy, the two sons, very distinguished import, uh, uh, individuals, the Krovai Eskadesh, the Pasuk says, that God sanctifies himself through the holy ones, they were equal to motion, Aaron according to another Chazal, very great people. You have to get an indication as to what their motivation at least, or where they went wrong. But the Pazik says, let's take a look, this is the Pazik that's in Vayikra, say for Vayikra, Vayikru b'nei Aaron ish machtoso, each one took their fire pan, Vayitnu b'hen eish, and they put coals of fire, Vayasimu alek the Torahs, and they put incense on it, that they, they brought a uh, incense, a fire that God had not commanded. And the Midrashim discussed what the problem was. They, they, according to some, they went into the Kodesh Kedoshim. They went into the Holy of Holies. All right? But it seems to be the focus is on this service that was not an instructed service. So with all the good intentions in the world, God had not instructed it. And in fact, this is brought down, as we're going to see, by the restrictions of the Kohen Gadol, when he's allowed to go in to the Kodesh Kedosh in one time a year, 
some reason they had this urge, this need to do it themselves without being instructed and they died a heavenly death. Okay? Alright? Yeah. One is the fire that killed them. There was an ash, because there's an ash, no, there was an ash zarah. Three times. They, it was, it was a strange ash. This was, there is an ash that you're supposed to use on Yom Kippur. That's the Ktoris that you're supposed to go in with. Theirs was not the one that you're supposed to do. Right? It wasn't Yom Kippur. They went in. The next pasuk, with my holy ones, I'll be sanctified. I'll be honored by Yidom Aaron. And Aaron has a tremendous, uh, merit that he kept quiet. You know, he didn't complain about what happened. Okay? Next. Alright? This is an Akhremoth. This is a service of Yom Kippur. Alright? It's brought down again. That, I think, took place in, 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 uh, Tzad, in Shmini, Shmini. And then a couple of parshas later, we find again, same story. By Davish al Moshe, Akhremoth, Nebne Aaron, but Karvasam, Lifne Hashem, Vayamusu. They came close. They came close to Hashem, too close, and they died. It seems to be putting that, that you're not allowed to come. So the two stories are connected because he's telling you now, don't go too close when you're not allowed to, because look what happens when when you do, right? Right? That's uh, to the the inner chamber where the uh, covering of the uh, on the Aaron is. Ashal Aaron velo yamus ki ba'anan eraila kaporis because my shchina my is, that's the holiest place. You're not allowed to come in any time you want. Otherwise, you'll die. Bezos yava anakos. And so, how do you come in? And then it goes through the avoda of Yom Kippur. All right. Bamidbar third third chapter in Bamidbar this week's parsha. Okay. All so far so good. Reiterating what we saw in the last two incidences. And it was Bamidbar Sinai. So here it throws in this was at Binfar when they had encamped at Har Sinai. Uvanim They did not have children. And the kahuna continued through the other surviving children, which was Elazar and Isama. Alright? In Dibra Hayamim, which is not in the Chamishikum Shatora Chronicles, it mentions again, and there, the only thing it brings in is, Uvanim Lohayulahem. There's no mention over there of what? Of Ezra, because that's giving the it's giving the lineage. They didn't have children; their their brothers. It the Kahuna continued through Elazar and some of their brothers. Okay. However, what information is introduced now in Bamidbar that we did not see before in Vayikra? Vanim lo hayulahem. Doesn't say before anything about Vanim Why? Why are we being told this? Comes along the Gemara in Yevamis, and the Gemara in Yevamis says an unbelievable thing. Says the Gemara in Yevamis. Alright, let's see if I can get this. Alright. Amar Chanan. 
Amar, uh, Rabchanan Amar, I'm sorry. Mishum Rabelezer, is that it says there that a person who does not engage in procreation, someone who willfully chooses not to get married and have children, Chayav Mita. It's, he's Chayav Mita. It's Mita Shemaim. It's not, there's no based in punishment, right? Where do we see? Shenema Uvanim Lo Hayulahem. It says the children of Aaron, not of Anaviyu, did not have children. Ha, Hayulahem Banim. It implies, had they had children, then Lomesu, they would not have died. Right? So, right? it says they did this service, they had no children. Implies that somehow if they would have had children, then they wouldn't have got themselves into this mess. What's going on over here? Right? First of all, why is this being introduced in Bamidbar? Why isn't this mention this information? This seems to be important information. It wasn't mentioned in Vayikra, right? And and what is the connection between them not having children, refusing to procreate, they're not getting married, and they're bringing an age daralif Hashem? So that's the focus. That's the question we want to understand. So we're asking really two questions. What's unique to Bamidbar that is being brought in over here now? And number two. There's a list, by the way, of different Averas that they did. They did drunk. Oh, now we have a new one. They didn't have children. Okay? And what's the connection between that and bringing the age Zarah with Nashim? So that's the question we want to deal with. Right? Let's throw out a couple more questions now. Look at this Gemara in Meseches uh, Brachas. Right? It's possible we say every day. Avaratem Hashem Elokeichem. I'm sorry, this is the Vesamtem. As Dvarem Ha'elev. This Torah should be put Alevavchem on your hearts. Right? Now, before we look at this Gemara, if I would ask you, right? Give me an idea of why we have the Torah. God gave us the Torah. We should study it and fulfill the mitzvahs. I think most of us would feel that, that and this is the way the Ramchal and Masilus Yasharim, this is the way Ramachal Mazat, he says, you know, God is good. In order for God to be good, he has to be able to do good. He wants to bestow his goodness. He's a mative. He's tov. He's tov. Tov has to be mative. You can't be good without doing good. So you want to do good. You want to give it over, right? So why not just give it over? So you can't just give it over. Because if you just give it over, then the recipient won't feel good. So there has to be a challenge to deserve. There has to be the Bechira. You choose, you know, the right or the wrong way to go. And by choosing the right... You get rewarded. God now bestows His goodness upon you. You feel good about it because you deserve it. So it's not Nama de Kisufa. It's not bread of embarrassment. That would be the focus there. So the focus would be is that the, there is the, to, the Torah is the essence because through the Torah we now get to get the connection with Hashem, the, the goodness. But the Torah is, the main point of the Torah is to create that closeness that we're able to have that 
We don't do it for the reward. The reward itself gauges our relationship. We want to have that closeness. Okay, that's fine. That's how we would explain it. Look at this, Gemara, and then we're going to have some really strong problems here. Tan Rabbonin, Vesamtem. Samtem, we know that in, 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 the, in the laws of Drush, the, the, the way a letter sounds can also be Darshan. So Sin and Samach can be, uh, you can exp- explain in a similar way. So you break up the word Vesamtem, it breaks up to the word Sam Tam. Sam Tam. Samtem, Samtam. Right? Nimshala Torah Kesam Chayim. That Torah is like a sum. It's like an antidote. It's like a, uh, right? It's, 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 it's something like a medicine, right? That gives life, right? Mashallah Adam, Shehikaz Beno Maka Gedola. So it's like an example. A person gave his son a, 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 a zetz. He struck him a large blow, right? And he had to put a bandage on it. Veneach lo retia al makoso. Amala beni. She said to him, "Cause man almakoscha." As long as you keep this bandage, right, on your wound, then you can eat and drink what you want because the bandage will protect the wound from becoming infected, whatever it is, right? You can bathe with heart or But if you remove the bandage. So then, it will become uh, gangrene, it will become infectious. Alright? So, uh, that's the one positive. So, Torah is a bandage for the wound. Right? Next one. So, Kach HaKadosh Baruch Hu Amal Yisrael, Bani, Barasi Yitzhahara, I've created within you an evil inclination. Barasi Torah Tavlin. But, don't worry. Because why? Because there is the Torah, which is the Tavlin. Alright? Now, the way we're going to translate it is the way Safariya translated it. There is the antidote. Torah is the antidote for the Yetzirah. Imatem oskim Torah, as long as you involve, engage in the study of Torah, Einatem nimsarim biyado. You will not be handed over to the Yetzirah will not be able to control you. Right. And that's how long Imtaitiv says that's what Adam Arishon was told, uh, told I mean, by, by Kayan, not, not by, by when he right, fine. But but im emma einatem oskin batorah. But if you don't study the Torah, Atem Nimsarim Biyado, then the Yetzirah will take control of you. Right? Okay, fine. So, we start off saying is the Torah is like a bandage to the wound of a person. And then it says, and, and, and the Samtem is also, is that the Torah is a, is a, uh, a sum for the, for the Yetzirah, a Tavlin. A Tavlin for the Yetzirah. Now, I translate it, what does Tavlin mean? Tavlin, no, that's not, the, that's not translated. Tavlin means an anecdote, uh, an, 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 an antidote. It's an antidote for the Yetzirah. But the problem is, that's not what the word Tavlin means. What does the word Tavlin mean? Spice. Spice. Right? A spice is not an, uh, an antidote 
A spice actually is an enhancer. So, two problems that we have from this Gemara. And these are fundamental problems with understanding what Torah is supposed to be. Problem number one. Right? We said Torah is the important thing. You have to get to, and Torah. Now, the Yetzirah you would understand is that's in order to create a challenge. Because I can't just give you, right? So the Yetzirah has been created to create that challenge, that resistance. So you'll choose the Torah over the Yetzirah. Right? That's what you would normally understand. But that's not what Chazal are telling us. What Chazal is telling us the primary creation was? Barati Yetzirah. And the Torah is only created mm, as, as either the antidote which means, or the tavlin or the spice. Somehow it's a spice. Which means it's not even the primary creation. What is the primary creation? The Yetzirah is the primary creation. We just can't handle the Yetzirah on our own. The evil inclination. The evil inclination is created. We just can't handle it. We, it will control us instead of us controlling it. The Torah is just being given as the way to control the answer, which is a completely different way of understanding. I mean, that's like very difficult. If I were to ask you, what God created, what did He create? He created the, uh, primarily, He created the Yetz and He gave us the Torah as a way to deal with it, or He created us the Torah and just to challenge us to get reward, we get the Yetz yeah. Number two would be, door number two, that's the solution. No, that's not what it's saying here. So we're asking number one, is that it's not really translated, the word uh, Tavlin is not an antidote. Tavlin is an enhancer, it's a spice. That's problem number one. And the bigger problem, problem number two, it seems to be saying that the primary creation is the Sahara, with the Torah only there to somehow allow us to control it. What does that mean? I mean, that's something that we need to understand. What is that? How does that work? All right? So... Right now, so we have, we have just uh, four main questions we want to be dealing with, right? We want to be dealing with why the story of Nadav and Avihu is being brought here in Bamidbar and why is there new information being added? What was the new information? Ubanim, lahayulahem, which the Gemara Yavamas is saying is that was the reason they died, because if they would have had it, it would have stopped them. How does that work? How does it correlate? What does bringing the age Zarah have anything to do with Banim lohayulahem? Right? We have the Gemara in Kedushin that says that the, the Torah is just a tavlin for the Eight Zahara, which means it's a spice, it's an enhancer for the Eight Zahara. Number two, it means the primary creation is the Yetzirah, it seems to be saying, with the Torah just being given there as the, uh, as the spice or the antidote, whatever it is, to deal with it, which, which, which requires a... Uh... One last question. Two more. In the Latin, Sefer Bamidbar is known as what? And numbers. The, right, the book of Numbers. Right, why? Because it just deals with the counting of the Jewish people. This is the third time Bnei Israel have been counted. They were counted by the Eagle. They were counted by the Hakamata Mishkan. Right? Why is it now the third time that we're now we call, oh, the, the, naming the whole Sefer. It's actually Chazal also called the Sefer Apikudim. Each book has its name, right? 
We had Vayikra was Torah Sakahanim. This is Sefer, the, Sefer Abikud in the book of the counting. Why are we making a bigger deal of this counting than the previous two or three times that they were already counted from before? So, there is something that is in this counting that we don't find in the previous countings. Right? The previous countings, in say for Shmos, Shmos is the formation of the, of the nation. Right? Yeah, Book of Bereshis is identifying the, gene- the genealogical pool. Right? We came from the Avos, and this is the, 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 we learn about their, their midot, their characteristics, those things that they gave over genealogically, part of the spiritual DNA to the Jewish people, alright? And actually, the way the Ramban refers to Shmos is like Sefer Sheni, because it's really the completion of Breshis, but it's the formation of the nation. It's really the formation of the nation. That's the, right. Now, when you count, right? So I understand, if you want to know, the United States Census, 2023 Census, you want to know how many people are part of the nation. So there is a counting that is done as part of a census to know how many. Now one of the problems is that if you count a person, a person becomes a statistic, becomes a number, And that's part of the problem, becoming part of a tzibur, part of a large grouping, what could be lost? The individual nature of a person. You just become now, you're number 3,353, instead of, uh, you know, you are an individual person, which is a world unto himself with all your own abilities and all your own characters, uh, characteristics and all your, right? That, so when you count, sometimes you can, can lose that, right? So what's different about the counting in, in, in Bamidbar? Yeah, but there, there in Shemot, that doesn't count. It doesn't say anything about names. And they count. So, where does it say they counted them according to their name? In Bamidbar. In Bamidbar, we have a new thing. When they took the census, mm-hmm. in Bamidbar, it says they count the mis, uh, the shemot, what's that, what's the pasuk say? They counted by name. We don't find in, 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 in Exodus, in the book of Shmos, they were counted by name. It just says they were counted, and it gives the number. Here it says they were counted by name. What is the essence? What does it mean, a name? A name is a very individualized thing. That's what makes us feel individualized, is we're not, we're, we get our own names. So, and actually, it's very interesting, because the word, in, even in English, when something counts, to count something... You can say, well, you're doing accounting, but count means you count. You have a sense of... So the counting of Bamidbar is not as much as 
to define us as a tzibur, to found us as a nation, but is to give the sense that each individual counts. It's the importance of the individual. That's the focus that's in Bamidbar. So that's the theme, because that's the book. That's, and that's what the name, when we're saying, that's the, that's a different type of counting, and that's what the theme of this book is, the sense of the uniqueness of each individual, and that each individual is born with certain a- abilities and propensities, right, that they can develop and actualize that will make them new, unique and they will count. So even though they're part of a tzibur, but in the individually they, uh, they offer something to the group that if they weren't there, they cannot be replaced. That's what the mention, the idea of they're by, counted by names, because names represent the propensities and the abilities that a person can have, not automatically. You have to make the right decisions. You have to choose them. But it has to be based on your own strengths, your own weaknesses, and developing that. So that's, let's put out that that's what Bamidbar is dealing with. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says a very interesting thing. It says that the rabbis came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Hashem, they said, Hashem, we have such strong urges that it's almost impossible to overcome. Help us remove these desires. The number one that they were upset about is the urge to do Avodah We talk about today, who feels, you know, you think about Avodah you think about like some, some, some tribe in Borneo or, or, you know, like we don't, it's not, but back in the day, even the most brilliant people, there was this urge, we're not going to div- discuss it today, but there was this, and Hashem helped it. Hashem negated it. We don't have that drive anymore. So then they said, you know what? What about uh, the urge for promiscuity? Very powerful urge. So Hashem said, I'll take it away, but you'll see what happens. They said the chicken stopped laying eggs. So they said, no, we need it back. We can't function. Some of the desires, some of the Yetzirahs that we have are necessary for us to function. So let's talk to the Pshat. This is what we're going to suggest today. It's an idea that I've heard my, my own Shiva of Yochanan's wife, she should live and be well. And we're going to circle back to see how it helps us in the Nod of view. The Yetzirah that HaKadosh Baruch created within us is not something evil. He didn't create something that's evil. The Yetzirah is what... It's, it's the part of us that creates our vitality, our existence, our essence. We have to have it. You can't exist without having those drives and desires. The only thing is, our challenge is not to eradicate them. But what is our challenge? To sublimate them. But it means that we have to take these desires, we have to channel them. Channel them. Each person has his own set of desires and channel them in a way 
that can allow him to actualize his full potential. The one is an unbelievable thing. It says anyone is born under the the uh, the, the the star of Madim. Madim is Mars, or the planet of Mars, has in there a propensity to spill blood. So he could either become a murderer, murderer, or he could become a surgeon. He could become a shochet, meaning you can you can channel it in a way used correctly, but yet you have to have the tools, you have to know how. But you need, those urges are really, are the makeup of who we are and how we develop and actualize ourselves. Right? So really, that you think about it, so the Torah is the Tavlin. Because the Torah enhances and allows us to sublimate that which is giving us the essence of who we are, which is the Yetzirah. If we don't have the Torah, it controls you. It controls you, destruction. You control it, the sky is the limit. The Torah is what allows you to develop who you are individually and ensure that making the right choices. Now, the problem is as follows. Is that, like we saw, these urges, they're going to come out somehow. You can't, there's no way to destroy the urge. The only thing is you have to sublimate, you have to channel it. If you don't do it the right way, you can become a murderer. You do it the right way, you can become a surgeon, you can become a, a shochet, you, you do it the right way. The Torah is what gives us the tools, allows us to make the choices to enhance what it is we have in a way that will be constructive as opposed to being destructive. A person has within him, same way as a Kodesh Baruch Hu, okay, what did we, we talk about needs of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, there's this whole thing going on the internet now with this Rabbi Mizrahi and uh, Matas Friedman, uh, Friedman right? The Hashem doesn't have needs, it's true. But the way he set up the system is that in order for him to be a native, in order for him to, to be good, he has to do good. I mean, we don't say there's needs by Hashem. Hashem doesn't have needs. But He created a system that that's the percent. He needs... We, and, and we are Yetzir Kapav. We are created in His image. We also have a strong need to be givers, to be mates, to be benefactors. A man wants... He has that. He wants to give over. Alright? Where... where in creation, does God create the channel that we as human beings can get ultimate satisfaction of being benefactors and giving over? Marriage and lineage. Parents. Parents. Parents fulfill that primal need and urge to give over, to do, to want to give and, and, and become, and become close to, and become, that's, there's nothing like a child-parent relationship, but that is the way that that urge is dealt with. Okay? Right? Let's go back to Nadav and Avihu. Nadav and Avihu, the Karvam, they wanted their closeness. They wanted to be able to give, but it, they didn't do it in the right way. They didn't do the right way. They went and they brought an Ezra. Says the Pasuk here. You know why it got 
perverted and it went the wrong way and it cost them their lives because Banim Lahayulahem. If they would have had children, then what would have happened? It would have placated, it would have satisfied that strong urge that they had to be benefactors, to be, to, to, to be, be parents, that you give it over, but Banim Lahayulahem, they never got married, and therefore, that has to come out somehow. How did it come out? It came out, they brought this Ezra, they wanted to be close, they came too close, they get, and they ended up dying. So says, so, so, well, again, whether or not, I mean, they, they didn't think they would think about it. They think they would make want to have a relationship with that Kodesh Baruch Hu, You know, but they, they, uh, uh, they came from a good place. They wanted to do, they wanted to give, but it distorted because they didn't do it in the right way. And that's a tremendous, tremendous message for all of us. We need to know what our, uh, what we call them weaknesses or our desires are, but then how are we channeling them? How do they get channeled in our kids? How do they get channeled? What are we doing to allow those propensities and those to be... Because if you don't find the right way to channel it, it becomes an Eresara. Right? So I think like this. I think that number one, this is being mentioned here because here we're talking about in Bamidbar, the importance how each person can reach a potential. He has a name that is unique to him to develop it. The story of Nadav and Aviyu is they had these propensities that could have given them that uniqueness. But what was the problem? They didn't channel it in the right way. Right? And you want to hear something unbelievable. Look at their names. What does Nadav mean? Mm-hmm. Nadav is donator. The word Nadav means to donate, to want to, to want to be a benefactor. What does Avihu mean? Like his father. Avihu, he is a father. Means that was their essence. Their essence were to be mitnadvim. Their essence was to be an Av. Uh-huh. So what happens? They bring an Ersara, the Karvam Ersara. So we're answering it's in Bamid because that is the development of the potential of the individual. Much the same way as the Yetzahara, that is the primary, that is the essence of who the individual is that needs to be developed and to actualize himself. But the tools need to be there. The tools of the Torah, tools are making the right decisions. That is what gives you, that's the Tavlin. The Tavlin, it's not an, an, an antidote, sounds like it's overriding. It's not overriding. Torah doesn't wipe out. doesn't destroy the Yetzahara. What the Torah does, it sublimates it, it channels it, it brings out that energy, that passion. Right? We say today, the biggest problem today is apathy. The children have apathy. It, if they would be excited about doing the wrong thing, you could channel that excitement to doing the right. But if they have no, ap- complete no excitement at all, there's nothing to channel. Right? And that's why, by the way, you find... The greatest minds, the greatest, that when they don't channel things in the right way, they can also do the, create the greatest destruction. They could, you know, when you, you see that, there was, you know, that's the, because God has given you that, 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 those predispositions. He's given you those abilities, those talents are just waiting to be actualized, but actualize them correctly, because if not, they'll be completely destructive. So that's the uh, 
message leading into Shavuos. That's what Torah does for us. Torah gives us the ability. Without Torah, who moshel bach? Your Yetzirah will control you. Right? It's interesting because it's almost like everyone thinks we're, you know, it's, we're free. We're free of Torah, free. No, if you are free of Torah, you're not really free. Because now you are a controlled individual. <clears throat> Why is a person free when he studies Torah? Because now he controls the Yetzirah. Somebody that is not involved in this pursuit of Torah, so he thinks he's free. In Israel, you're a chofshi, right? But you're not really chofshi. Because how many times do we say and do the wrong thing, and then you think, I wish I didn't say that, I wouldn't do that. That's not being in control, that's not being free. That means you are now being controlled to do things that you don't really want to do. That's not being free. Everyone should have a Shabbat Shalom and a Chag Shameh.